Welcome everybody back to Piro in the Rough. Um, I'm sorry we've been gone for uh, a little while. Um, life has unfortunately <laughs> gotten away for uh, for me and, and Isaac and Jamil. Um, you know, and I, it's it's been a little rough. I've been on the front lines, I guess, as they say, and uh, essential. You're essential in the grocery industry. So uh, it's been it's been it's been hard uh, keeping up with the wrestling business in general right now for myself so i didn't want to do a podcast unless i really felt like i was i knew what i was talking about and and really knew a good like had a good idea of what uh what to go over and we uh we i think we kind of stumbled on some something very interesting especially with the dawn of uh this this uh second season of dark side of the ring on vice which is also a great show uh just want to throw that out there if you haven't watched it it's it's fantastic um, but we kind of wanted to do our own little spin on this. So I guess this isn't really, um, going to be a linear Piro in the rough episode with the following, like current, it's just current stuff. It's going to be more kind of bouncing back and forth a little bit. Uh, but we're going to be covering a lot of like the, you know, kind of the darker stuff and going on Piro, uh, kind of like the, uh, things that have happened in the past that maybe have not been so good and maybe haven't had enough light brought to them in the recent years. Um, maybe they were had some light on them in the past, but uh, we're going to try to, like, you know, kind of talk about those things, the things that aren't as easy to talk about in the in the Piro community. So we're going to, you know, we're, we're kind of going to start off. Um, I, I apologize. I didn't even introduce my, my boys yet. Um, I, I, Isaac, Isaac McEnroth, Jamail Hepburn, here – Live in, in color. <laughs> How are you guys? Doing? <laughs> oh my God! Ah, Jesus, where 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 are we? Okay, yes, I am here. I'm currently quarantined in my home. <laughs> Wonder. It's fun stuff. It's great stuff. Yeah, no, me over in uh, Australia. Hi, listeners. It's been a while. Um, no, we're just kicking. We're all right. We're surviving. I'm. Uh, I'm glad we're here and we can record. And like Lawrence said, this this is a different episode to all the pure and the rough we've done in the past. And looking into the dark side, the scandals, the stuff that nobody likes to talk about. <laughs> because everybody likes... I love pure more than anyone. But just because it's pure or they're Japanese... It, it isn't a perfect utopia world. There's still a lot of seedy, grimy, disgusting stuff that goes on. And just because maybe you don't speak Japanese or you don't follow... It, it's not reported like it is as, as if it would happen in the United States or Britain, Australia. Um, it's a completely different system over there. And as we're going to go on through the show... Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I have, I only just recently found out and I'm disgusted oh. and appalled by. Guys that I've loved since I've been a wrestling fan, and I probably can't go back and watch a match of theirs again. I um, think, sorry, um, I think when Japan is, a, is, Japan is a different beast in itself because they don't have too many Dirt sheets 
per se, at all, really. They're not really into the meshes boards stuff, per se. Right. In terms of, of the gossip. They don't really hear too much gossip coming from them. Like, Tokyo's force, yes, they may be considering on tabloid gossipy stuff at times, but when they do post something, it usually turns out to be factual. Right. Um, it's like, for example, like, like, um, like uh, most of the past situation that's come out of Japan scene, it has been broken out by whoever happens to be have a Japanese source there. Then they put it out to the into the English language stuff at time, and then they confirm it a couple months or days later. Yeah, a lot of this stuff doesn't come out until a lot of time after the fact. Like, when you see a WWE guy get arrested for a DUI or whatever, like, it's usually on the news the next day. Or, But, like, some of these instances don't come out till months after the fact. Um, the, the Hase thing, like, that went pretty quiet for a while until everyone stumbled across it. Like, oh, shit. Um, I think this happened a few weeks ago. Actually, yeah, a few weeks ago. It just they didn't Twitter. I didn't see it on Twitter until like two weeks ago, actually. And um, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, Japan they truly see their women as not on the same level as the men. It's sad, true. Um, I, I think everything is changing, and the world is "quote unquote" getting more progressive. But this sort of sleazy man on woman uh, womanizing is not so much accepted more in Japan, but it, people just yeah, it, it's a part of that guy's character. Oh, that's uh, so and so. Yeah, he's a sleazy bugger. Like it—it's just a completely different beast. Um, Unfortunately, you but, see it happen a lot on uh, public transportation in, in Japan as well. Um, it's un- very unfortunate, but um, it's another. Oh, it's sick! It's absolutely sick. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like, like for example, like we—I um, think it was like a, almost a decade ago when. Taishi Takazar got caught with the upskirt mess. Yeah. Which it it cost them I he actually got he got punished. First he cause he was because uh, he came back from the WE, got big time push in in the Kai Tai Dojo promotion. Mm-hmm. Um then as soon as he got arrested, got charged, and as a result he had to, he was, they pushed him back to be a Wookiee status. Yep. Shaved his head. Literally, starting from the opening match in which he was losing to the other young boys. See, that's, that wouldn't fly in America. Could you imagine the uproar? Complete, just an example. Um, say, AEW, right, they have... Hmm. 
I'm just going to say Wrestler A because I don't want to say any wrestler. Right, 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 right. If Wrestler A from AEW on a night out in a nightclub and there's pictures of him upskirting, he gets charged and stuff, do you really think the audience is going to be like, okay, I'll accept you once you shave your head and you start losing (laughs) to the guys below you? Like, no, fuck off, go to jail and get out of wrestling. There's, There shouldn't be any of this shit of redemption. For one, like, cheating. If you cheat on your wife, like, that's fine. It's not fine, but, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I know. We know, uh-huh. we know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, we know what you better, mean. It's better than touching a child. Um, if you do shit like that, I don't think there should be... You should be able to have a re- redemption story. I think you should be exiled. Um, and it... it can't just be able to fly just because it's Japan and just because Puro is beautiful. Like, no, fuck off. Get out of wrestling. It's it's a completely different world. I think it, it really shows, like, for example, like, the cheating stuff, that is a big no-no in Japan. Especially, yes. like, for example, they treat that, like, for example, Taishi... <laughs> He yeah. got caught in a cheating scandal Taco. to the point. Oh, Taka! It happened last. Yeah, last year. And the thing was, Taka, he was. This was a. He was. He was doing this for over about a decade. Yep. And oh. it got. It got exposed on social media, no less. And um, even you know, Shibata didn't really get the the drum banged on him too too much but about that whole texting incident that he's had a while back. Mm-hmm. That was another. Yeah. That was a that was a cheating scandal, wasn't it? Who? With Shibata? Yes and no, I believe. Because this well this I think yeah, this was a comp that was a complicated story in itself because this got exposed on Twitter as well but it but considering that Shibata's reputation beforehand was that he wasn't a as much as he was beloved he wasn't really a a fan favorite outside the ring yeah um because that's like though I would see Stuff like how Shibata would treat the fans like they were beneath him at times before he had the shock. Wait, before he had the concussion stuff, it obviously he changed because now he's more accommodating to his fans now these days. But, um, yeah, man, just yeah, the pure scene ain't exactly, ain't exactly pure. Yeah. As the cookies were say. So I'm gonna use that as a segue into in the current the real the, the major topic we're gonna stu- discuss on this show is Big Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. We're we're gonna we're gonna stay for a second in modern times with Big Japan Pro Wrestling. So to set the scene. Um, you know, coronavirus has really just changed every the whole wrestling scene uh, uh, and oh. flipped it flipped it on its head and turned it sideways and it's um it's a mess um big, so big japan is now looking to 
crowdfund because they are essentially canceling so many events that they can't really fund their own organization any longer. So they are looking to people to um, g give them give them money essentially. Uh, they're so the what was what was the goal? Ninety three about ninety three thousand American dollars. Uh, was, yes, uh, was for see. This is the, and this and so and they're apparently at about sixty four percent of the their goal. Um, Isaac, you said uh, what was the number? You said Isaac was it fifty something thousand around there? They're at it's like fifty five thousand. Yeah. Um, so they're they're a little more than halfway there. Uh, so now this is this is interesting. So what do you how do you guys feel about this this crowdfunding thing with with Big Japan? Is it is it, uh, does, it does it feel a little bit fruitless to you or or yes? Or is it, is it it's just it's a drop in the ocean because Japan just extended its state of emergency. Through the end of May. Yes. And and who know? And at the rate it's going, I don't want to be negative, but I don't think we we'll would be there would be fans at their shows until after summer. Oh, I I think you're absolutely right, and I think you're you're not off, far off point with that. And there to say to say that ninety three thousand dollars is going to get them through all those months uh, is is pretty. I don't think so. Pretty absurd to me. I mean, Robert made a really good point about it on Twitter. I mean, he thinks like that's probably going to help them through like one month, <laughs> and then after that, it's like, what is it? Is it going to amount to anything for them? Uh, you know, and maybe it's like maybe it'd be better if we just you know bought merch off these guys. You know, at least support some of the individuals in case anything happens. Instead and, of just giving it to you know whoever at Big Japan, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think the problem again, Big Japan's issue is is that this they it, it felt like we when they were running shows when the coronavirus was 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 already here, it did not help them at all. Actually, to the point they kept on they were going on Twitter. With the please come see us, we're all we're, we're open. Right. Uh, I mean, that's that's so. Just the lack of um, awareness, awareness, the lack of just thought of safety of their own fans. Uh, is just and baffling. talent and talent is just baffling in that scenario. It's just. I it, want these. I want these guys to survive. Um, I want survive. Them to survive. Because they have so many talent, um, but I oh, I collectively I agree with I, you. Kosaka is a piece of shit. As we're going oh. to oh. Um, get through, as we're going to talk through this episode, um, he has been a shady businessman more times than I wouldn't say more times than Shichiro, right? But. Um, Less, no, less, less than a rise, but um, yeah. he's less, been in wrestling um, business yeah. for years. Um, everyone's speculated for for years of what sort of involvement, how have Big Japan uh, survived through, like, they had a lot of down periods. Um, 
I actually, actually, let's. This is when we we gonna talk about Tozaka and his involvement because how he gets involved is quite interesting. Um, I think for Japan, the issue is just look at freedoms. Freedoms had to cancel their May shows, and now we're going to June shows. They cancel it. So, and, and Takashi Sasaki doesn't. He, if you think Japan was worse off right now, Freedoms is struggling even worse. Yeah. Oh, it's just like every company at the moment on their level. No one's bringing in money. No. Especially if BJW Core doesn't have 10,000 people signed up to it. Freedoms doesn't have a, uh, you know, one of those streaming services. Freedoms doesn't sell out Kurikan every month. Freedoms runs Kurikan every three months. Um, It's, and they have guys on contract. They have an office. Um, All these things. And Obama. What do you do? Really think all these sponsors that are the financial backers for these promotions? These are the guys that pay the salaries that get keep the promotion going, or else there'll be no one. Do you think the sponsors are going to be keep paying these guys and putting money into shows if there's nothing going on? They're just going to be losing money, and most of these sponsors aren't just going to be like, "Oh, all right, I'll." Continue losing a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a month just so you guys can eat and survive and yada yada yada. Uh, they don't give a shit. They just want to. They're only in the business to begin with to make money, right. and that's why a lot of promotions in Japan they fall and then they reopen. They think they can uh, draw a crowd, then they don't draw a crowd. The sponsors pull out, then they're out. Right. And then maybe three, four years <laughs> later, they find a new sponsor under... And they can still use... Wing did it for years. Um, they'd, they'd close and then reopen. Close, reopen. All it was doing is just finding a new sponsor. And I, I'm guessing... Here's the problem. Big is Japan there... lost... Hmm? A major sponsor, and I think they need a lump sum payment. Hence, this mm-hmm. ten million yen that they want. Um, and and Strip made and a again. point that it's probably it's probably the maximum they can ask for on that website: ten million yen. Yeah. Um, and so, here's the problem. And here is the problem with all this: Samurai TV is not exactly paying. All those promotions to do those zero fan shows that much. Let's be honest. Yeah. I think the only think about it like this, right? All Japan. I think all Japan is probably getting paid a crap term more than, let's say, a zero one of Japan oh, and yeah. to a W because they are a traditional brand. And they'll get more viewers on there. And plus, All Japan has their own insurance service, which is more accommodating to the overseas fans. Hence, you know, hence they be, they'll be able to go post their shows immediately after the airing. Well, Japan, Japan Core has been a dud from the beginning. Sure. Yeah. That's because they've been, they, 
they were very lackadaisical in posting shows. Very lackadaisical to the point where now for something due to the coronavirus, now they up and uploading old shows like it's cock like like clockwork. Right. <laughs> and and make things even more interesting. The the, the the demand was not there for it from day one when they they decided to launch the core service. It just wasn't there. Maybe they were thinking if we do this core service, maybe we get overseas fans to come sign up for it and the natives. But again, New Japan World that only has like what at its peak over a hundred thousand signed up, so it's not exactly. You know, wowing the breaking the bank here. Big Japan is still, they are very heavily reliant on the live gate shows. Heavy reliant. Which so, they're losing three to six thousand dollars at every show prior to the coronavirus that the great Kajika said in the interview. Um, that he gave to why they're asking for crowdfunding. He's like, this goes back a lot longer than just the last two months. We've been losing money. For, for months, years. For months, for, for years. years. Um, even this story about... Um, we've we got, gone over it last episode, but more details came out. When Mat- Matsunaga um, asked Josh Crane to come in, there was that whole drama. Um, mm-hmm. BJW, they, they said you can't... I'm not paying a plane ticket. They made Matsunaga play f- pay for his plane ticket um, over to Japan and then made uh, Matsunaga close his restaurant for the night just so he could come in for 10 minutes and say, all right, Matsunaga, all right, all right. Like, yeah. It was so bad. It was so bad. And I think to make, to make things more comical, um, the beginning of Big Pyramid Pro Wrestling, um, the pet. Okay, how they first get their uh, neurality in this, um, the 2000s was when they first started that abomination relationship with CCW. That's how John Kasai um, got over with the overseas fans, was he started working CW regularly. It was him, I think he was I know he was on the shows. I think Lamakawa as well. And go, oh boy, they treat Hido. Hmm. Hido. Yes, Hido too. Oh, yeah, I think Hido was separate, but yes, him as well. But um, for Japan, they mistreated their talent so bad from the beginning. Hama Lamakawa, his actually, and Kasai too, actually, to the point. Kasai ended up leaving Japan after the CW stuff came to an end to jump to zero one. Which he hated anyway. (laughs) But guess what? It actually, because zero one had money at that time. So. Oh, yeah. So so, uh, Kasai was like, okay, I may hate the men, I'm not doing death matches regularly, but with zero one, I'm getting paid. 
to do the yeah. comedy stuff. Um, and Yamakawa, he was not the same worker when Life Beater injured him with that choke bomb mess, whatever. To the point, his career got cut short. He wasn't the same worker, and he retired less than a couple years later. Um, and Hama, he ended up leaving to go literally tr- to... For, he did the whole shebang with the major feds. All Japan, then a, a spell... Well, actually, all Japan, then a spell with... Um, then, um, then he Apache. traveled around... A, a, a old dude, that, that doom show mess... Um, Oh, uh, Tom Hom's career is an entire puro scandal. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, there, uh, there's a story that goes that Danny Havoc was in Japan and they were out in a bar with Yuko Miyamoto and Honma, who was with New Japan at the time, but Honma knew Miyamoto from times, and they were, they saw each other at the bar. And Danny Havoc is like, uh, is Honma in the Yakuza? And Miyamoto, drunk, calls over Honma and says, Uh-oh. Yakuza, and laughs. And then Honma pulls out his Yakuza ID and shows Danny Havoc, and then says, Shh. This is a story that is on the internet. Um, apparently, that Danny Havoc. Whoever that is said it. Um, I think he's a deathmatch guy. Um, he is. Yeah. Um, and actually, Hama and Hama actually lost his Japan get because of it for for a couple of months because this that was that was two thousand this was um two thousand twelve he was he was part of the GBH group with Makabe he got fired from. Japan due to Lakuta stuff coming out. And this was when Bushiroad had just bought Japan. So he was on he was literally doing the scum the scum indies afterwards a coin beast spell back in Japan back in Japan before he came back to Japan in twenty thirteen. Yeah. Uh, People forget um, about that um that little period about Honma. <laughs> oh boy! Oh yes, Hamar is definitely Hamar has been through the ringer, literally. Um, Japan stuff on the hand, but yeah, depending on who you believe, Japan did indeed lose his ass with the CZW stuff. That's not a opinion; that's a fact. <laughs> to the point, they were on Death's Door afterwards. Hence, that's why you see Kenamura and his boys starting working there consistently. And um, I think that's why, and also that's where they literally had to pretty much cut costs everywhere. Um, let me see, but you're passed up. Yeah, and that was in 2001. So, it did not work long term, and they tried to, do, and they actually did pay per views for America Big. with CCW. 
and that obviously did not go. That obviously did not make a lot of money. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, and I think, and also, Japan has always been cheap too. That's why they chose the glass death matches so much because the glass was always cheaper than the barbed wire or explosions or anything else. Glass is cheap. And the light tubes. Light oh my god. Light tubes are cheaper. I think now I f- so this all and then to make it even more com- Great Kojika actually sold the company to Tozaka a couple of years after CW stuff. He was darn dead. Cause he he was losing he was losing his ass, but he decided to to sell it to Tozaka. That's why he was able he was able to do freedom shots. Because now with Bijapin at the beginning but when we first popped up. Because Bijapin was no longer his who's his um responsibility. Who is no longer the booker. Um Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's I'm not so- it's like a, um I mean, he can't, he looks like a soft little guy that won't do anything. But, you know, he's a piece of shit. Um, here's one story. Uh, Kentaro Kanemura, uh, BJW, um, Incident yes. 2007. Um, Kanemura, Kane fucking, I'm bad with saying his name. Um, Wing Kanemura, uh, he, he was always a great worker. Uh, he, for his size and his look... He put on some great matches, and he was a part of a lot of integral stuff in the 90s in FMW, and yeah, he he, he ran a lot of promotions, he ran Apache Army, uh, W, he was a, a part of a lot. But in 2007, he was freelancing, and he was working for BJW, and he turns up to Shinkiba, and yada, 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 they're backstage, and one of the female employees is there, and... The story goes, Kanemaru was intoxicated and started fondling her and grabbing her vagina and playing with her boobs, and she was visibly upset, and he was doing it just to get a laugh out of the boys. Of course. And and none of the boys reported it or anything. So look at the BJW roster in 2007 and make your own judgments. She was Um, apparently the editor of their email magazine at the time. Yes. Yeah, so she was well-known with the boys. And so this happens, and she's upset. She's like, She goes to Tosaka, boss, and says, Look, like this happened. I want repercussions. I want something to happen to him. And Tosaka told her to shut up and don't be quiet. Thing. Yeah, be quiet, basically. Oh, it, what's going to happen? You're going to be labeled as this slut and seen as this like sex symbol and it's gonna ruin bjw and you're gonna ruin the career of kintaro like not taking consideration of this poor girl's feelings at all this is only 13 years ago mind you this isn't 1955 where women were not seen as equal or nowhere near as equal this is 2007 um <laughs> and yeah, he kicks her out, and then she threatens to go to the tabloids, and 
shuts her down and says, no, 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 no. But fuck, she went to the tabloids, she went to the papers, and it all broke, and... This uh, happened, the email, this happened in, <laughs> this happened in 2007, the email got sent out in February 2008. Yeah. And, and, and the incident happened in January. Right. And uh, they also, apparently, the Big Japan ring announcer was one of the first people that actually really started whistleblowing about this. Interesting. And, I didn't and, hear and, that. All, all I heard was that everyone only became apologetic once it came out. Um, and he will hold a press conference a few days later talk about, I'm sorry for not... I'm sorry for having caused such a disturbance. I apologize for having started by my acts the problem to be Japan. All passionate members and you, the fans of the professional wrestling community. Number one, I wish above all to apologize from the bottom of my heart to the woman who was damaged by the act. I'm sorry. I want to instead accept responsibility and to apologize from the bottom of my heart. I will exercise self-control in the active participation of professional wrestling until this problem solves itself. All my matches and organizations are canceled. Although there's no telling whether I can meet my victim in the future, I want to apologize. No matter what form it may be, I want to apologize. No matter, even if it becomes there is a formal criminal accusation, I will accept it obediently. Exactly, and that sounds all good, but listening to Brett from Brett FMW, Bahu FMW, he told me, um, he saw, uh, he didn't tell me, sorry, he said on a podcast. Um, his podcast, saw, actually. Uh, and, yeah, his podcast, and he's met with Ken Meyer, and he's like, yeah, he might have been sorry in the time, but, but that's yeah. just who he he hasn't changed. He's exactly the same. Same person. He's yeah. still a perv. A perv's always going to be a perv. Oh. And the thing is, like, he, he lost all his bookings, right? He, he lost, yeah. no, no company was going to grab him. And he was doing, new, he, he was in New Japan in just 2006 doing a whole feud um, with CTU. Uh, and then he was doing a lot of stuff with Ricky Choshu, and uh, he was running his own promotion. And then all that stops. But then only a month or so later, Masao Orihara, who's promoting Mobius, um, his promotion, yes. basically says, fuck the media, fuck you guys, I'm an outlaw. And make your own assumptions, but Masao Orihara is 100% Yakuza. Look at him. Um, <laughs> no. It, no, you to, don't say. <laughs> I, I, I hate I, to be the bearer of bad news, but um, yes, he comes out in a press conference and basically calls everyone a pussy for not allowing Kanemaru to wrestle. So that says a lot about not only Masaori um, Hara, but the people that go to that show, that went to the show, that sold out the show, that worked on the show. Um, one good thing, when this came out, um, Jun Kasai said, I'll never work on a show with Kanemaru again, and said that, like, he always hated him. So oh. when this happened, he just um, unleashed on him. Um, I think, I think, and also, here's the truth in all of this. I think 
I don't know. I said it like this. Expected morality in a business field that is based on immorality is not is is a mistake. Of let's course. Be let's be honest. Most of these wrestlers, I I know some of them. They are cool. With, I'm cool with them. My dealings with them at times, but I can I know their their job is to work us into oh. when. Whenever to believe in whatever they want to do. Yeah. It's the truth. It hurt. It sucks. But it's reality. <laughs> I, I, I think... Because I think, for example, I think the sexual harassment with women is sucks. It's, it's appalling. But in a business based off, like, based off this, it's not surprising. Hell, oh, we st- the the whole wrestling for everyone movement. Like, I get it, but it's a scam. Wrestling yeah. is not a beautiful. Like, <laughs> it's not like table tennis where there's no drama. Like, <laughs> like there's a lot that goes into it. It's ego. It's politics. It's this person hating this person. You hit me too hard. It's wrestling. Like. This, we, I think as wrestling fans, we can't, we, obviously when something disgusting happens, um, it needs to be broadcasted, but this business is not squeaky clean, even in my dealings, like, I've come across trainers, just in my time in wrestling, old trainers that are 40s, that are, I saw kissing like 17 year old trainees and now they're dating, oh. Oh, it, like, it, it, like that was yeah. a long time ago, but like, it, it's... No. It's a force. Though. trainers it's... start dating their, their students, and then they feel like they have this sort of control over their student. It's very deep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think with the... It's like... Back to the topic on the Japan pro wrestling stuff. Um... The Kamora stuff, he got... Yeah, he... I don't think he ever worked there again afterwards for Japan. No, he didn't. But he was completely... He was working Ricky Pro. Of course. Shortly after, and he'd go on... Zero one. Zero one one soon. He had XMF... Um, that promotion, XWF. Um, oh, that was a yeah, that was a hot mess. I think they yeah. they 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 lost their ass. I think on their first show Jeez. to the point. Oh my god! <laughs> this is when they brought in Raven and Tracy Smothers. Oh yeah, that'll that'll super do it. Le- <laughs> super leather as well. Yes. Yes. Same. Sh- and, yes. There's this act. They drew about 700 people at Kurikan, um, and it was, so it was Tetsuhiro Kuroda and Kentaro Kanemori's promotion. And yes. Yeah, they just threw no one, and then it sort of went dormant, and they threw, like, two other shows here and there randomly, but it was nothing ever big, but, uh, we'll move on from yeah, and, and, uh, Well, a year before this, uh, incident with, uh, Wayne Kanemura, uh, we had an, uh, a pretty crazy uh, incident with the one Shadow WX we're not done talking about <laughs> on the on this show. Um, 
So Shadow WX uh, found his way into big big Japan um, after uh, after a few year, few years um, in FMW, and um, right. Actually, uh, actually, I think, I, actually, actually, he was actually one of the originals. This incident, this happened in 2000 with right. him right. lying himself on fire and diving off the balcony of Cork, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, 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 talking about no, no, yeah, um, it was the when he lit himself on fire and, and he um, he couldn't get his shirt off. During a match with um, Mike, um, oh God, um, samples. Mike samples. Mike, Mike samples. Sam- Mike samples. Yes, from, from Memphis. Yes, <laughs> yes. Mike samples from Memphis. Yes, and yet Shadow WX decided what he was going to do was he was going to try to splash Mike samples through a, a, a table, but the first light his shirt on fire while doing ah. so. <laughs> he in turn could not get his shirt off, <laughs> and. Proceeded to run out of the ring. It's, it, the amazingly smart person that he was d- around the fans. Yep. <laughs> while on fire. It, oh my god. Sing- singeing quite a few fans in the front row <laughs> until they finally were able to get his shirt off and, and stop out the fire. And uh, yes, and he was uh, a, a, the big reason why fire was banned from Kirk and all. <laughs> After that, oh my God! I think it the it was yeah that was ah, boy. That's why that's why do you if you want to see fire matches, it has to be outside <laughs> with the fire matches. Yeah, yeah. Because because Japan they did fire matches later that year involving. Actually, it evolved the CW guys, where Zandig and Nick Gage versus Kasai and Masanaga. Oh, because that yes, and actually, it's on YouTube. You, if you know, um, that's a quote uh, the match. That's one of the more mm-hmm. famous matches. Yes, <laughs> yes, very quite. It was quite comedic, quite insane at that point too. It's just um, pure Zandig on meth, like. Just not care and just ah Zandig in Japan. Like, it was crazy. Oh, it was indeed crazy. And then to make it even more <laughs> boy, boy in in Japan stuff. What else? Try WX, but oh yeah. And so a couple years ago, Japan in a controversial move decided to cut loose of the following names. Loshiro Sasaki and Shadow WX. Yep. Before that, before that, obviously, their strong BJ champion, um, Shinya Ishikawa. The original uh, Sasaki was the original uh, strong champion. He was the initial inaugural uh, yeah. champion. And he got and he got injured working their shows, but his the well, the same with Japan, which I don't like, is you don't wrestle, you don't get paid. Yeah, that, and that was actually his idea. The, the whole strong title was was Yoshihito Sasaki's idea. Like that was his like doing. That never would have been him a and thing. Sakamoto, him, Sakamoto, Okabashi, <laughs> then and 
Loshir Sasaki has had a doom had a doomed career from start to finish. Oh yeah. Let's talk You're, about how he almost got killed. <laughs> okay, to build to give you to build to Sasaki obviously came from FRW training. He's a he he was following his mentor Masai Tanaka around after FMW closed our shop to the point he caught on with Zero One when Masai Tanaka signed there. So they're pretty much attached to the hip. So because wherever you see Tanaka matches, second to him as a young boy was Yoshihido. Yoshihido decided to like in the push towards the, I think it was like 05 at that time? Yes, it was 05. Yeah, when he Matsunaga and he beat Matsunaga. Yes, that was his big, that was his, like, his coming out part in which now he's the one of the top line guys for Zero One after the Kohei Saido and Ruji Sai generation was got, got over. Um, a few years went by. He actually, he was actually, he was actually pulling off fire matches while in Zero One. Oh, he was doing death matches, um, bleeding a lot. He was doing a lot of bleeding. He, yeah. was, he was brought up in the FMW dojo. Yeah. Um, like, that's the... He, uh, 99, like, 2000, it's more of the entertainment era of FMW, yeah. but still, he was getting trained with, like, Mama Suzaki getting punched yeah. around, pushed around. Kodo Fuyuki would be in there. Like, a lot of the FM guy, FMW guys were hard. Um, I think, and then, I think, and then, to, oh, he, he, and then he had a popular tag team with Sakamoto in Zero One. Mm-hmm. Because Sakamoto, Zero One, that was his regular, well, he was not booking, was not working for Japan. Zero One would get dates on Sakamoto too, to the point him and Sasaki became tag team champions for while in Zero One for the Japan Tag Titles, and they lost it to Madoka and Mashimo in 2008. Mm-hmm. April 6, April 6, 2008, they worked that show when they fa- which are up like recently, which they faced Makabe and Yano from Japan. A couple weeks later, Sasuke was gone. He was gone from disappeared. The- disappeared, and then he did not show his face again until January two thousand and nine in Budapest. Six months but, later. Mm-hmm. But the story was not out there of why he just disappeared from season one in the middle of his big push, and it all had to do with Masao Tanaka. And the women. Oh yeah, this is this is a story. <laughs> Isaac, you you you, they should go for it. <laughs> Masato Saka was seeing this woman, and like Sasaki's a good-looking boy as well. But Sasaki started seeing Masato Tanaka's lady behind Masato Tanaka's back. Um. And he didn't think Tanaka knew or Sasaki. There's still 
it's still sort of not a hundred percent. Like there's still the chance that Sasaki had no idea, but I think he must have had an idea. And then Tanaka finds out, and so he calls up. He calls up uh, Yoshihiro Sasaki in twelve o'clock at night and says, "Come down to the dojo. Let's do training." Mm, yes. And, uh, Sasaki's always been the young boy of Tanaka for nine years now. Well, not a young boy. Like, he's past the young boy stage, but Masato Tanaka is the senior. He's the elder. you got to show respect. That's Japanese wrestling. Yeah. Yes. And so he comes down, middle of the night, wakes up, throws on his gear. Masato lets him in, and he's like, what? Surprise. All the, all the lights are out. And he turns on the lights, and... It goes that the 2008 uh, one roster... Oh, sir. <laughs> oh, boy. ...were Dang. waiting for him and beat the fuck out of him and he missed six months due to injury and then basically kicked him out. Once they all finished beating him up, they kicked him out outside on the curb and he had to go to hospital and, yeah, missed a lot. He's... Injuries were crazy. Facial injuries, like his face was busted up. His um, ribs. <laughs> oh, I think, and so, and to make even, and to make things even more worse, when he came to Japan Pro Wrestling, they had him start at the long lines level. Yeah, they had him start as a like from the start again. Since, yeah. which was quite comical to me, but I. Mean, I uh, I mean, why would anybody think it's a good idea to to mess around with anybody's woman? Never mind Masato Tanaka's woman. woman. Masato Tanaka. Exactly. Imagine the the goal you have to have to think. Oh, yeah, that's a brilliant idea. And to make and to make it even worse, Tanaka was getting Sasuke dates. With actual companies outside Zero One. Yeah, this is the time where Tanaka like doing New Japan everything. Um, he could have got him everywhere, but uh, yeah. Oh no, he decided to risk. It was to the point. Yeah, it, it. Yeah, he had to start over again, and I think he got start over to the point where he's he became one of the top line guys. There for the strong division was the first champion, actually. Right, yeah, yeah, I was saying. Yeah. But, yeah, his yeah, career got injured. Then, yeah, I, then the injuries with his knees. Pile up with, with him. And, uh, yes, and the, the thing here was that it basically it was, uh, the problem was that him and Shadow WX both were, uh, were kind of dealing with some injury issues at this time. Um, and basically, Big Japan just said, um, yeah, well, fuck all of you. Um, <laughs> when we're done. We're, we're um, done with you. We're, we don't need you anymore. If you're not available, we're just gonna cut ties with you and see you later. You're yakking contract extensions. And, uh, they were, and then, you know, they were, you know, pretty sizable, uh, on, you know, on the card guys. Like, they weren't, like, just these, like, you know, middle of the road like losers or anything. <laughs> I think no. it probably. 
I think the issue was Shadow UX, he was done by then. His body was oh, done as well. Yeah. Because remember, he's he was our original Mr. Penny guy. Right. From ninety six on. So right. he has had a big time career there. So, yeah. well, oh, I th- it, so I think that was the problem, though. I think that's what a lot of people saw it as just like, wow, like that was like one of your original guys, and you weren't even loyal to him. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like usually you stick with a guy like that, even if his body's a little broken down. Hell, you throw him in like you know, your stupid undercard <laughs> comedy match or whatever, if anything, or you know, you, you let him get booked, man. You know, and that and that's the thing. You, you know, you try to you try to treat you know those guys with a little bit of loyalty and a little bit of respect. You know, let them go out in their own terms, and uh, they didn't do that with him. They didn't do that. Oh no! Oh no! And, and that, um, that's you know, it's kind of messed up. And I think Kasai, I think because and Kasai, he never got over Tozaka mistreating him either, because. Mm. Kasai would come back to Japan after the Z01 stuff was over, but he never signed with them again. No, yeah, you never see him there. He didn't want to be. He wanted to be a Pat Um He was doing Big Japan stuff because they wanted him. They were going to pay him and all his friends were there. Um, he could put away the personal stuff. But as, as soon as they said in 2014, look, Freedoms is hot. I, I don't want you doing like BJW work anymore. I want to make you special. He wasn't like, oh, no. He was like, okay. He's like, all right. (laughs) Not a problem. Pay me more. (laughs) Or to not work there and to work here more. He was always always fun to freedoms, but he was still working between the two. But, you know, he doesn't do uh, anything in BJW. He's popped back up in BJW recently, right? Last year? Yeah, yeah, like for the anniversary, for the summer hall stuff, yeah, but outside of that, He's like, I don't need... Yeah, it just goes back to how the company treats its talent. Yeah. Well, Kasai remembers what happened in 2008 with a woman that was assaulted. Um, like he said, he never wanted to do a show with Kenamura. Uh, it's... Anyway. It was just awkward. Yeah, I think... Um, But yeah, this... All of this just leads up to the crowdfunding stuff today. I don't think... Yeah. I just don't see... As much I'm not being negative. I'm just being truthful. 93,000 is for what, though? Uh, It's... I reckon it's salary. They've got offices. They've got rent. Um, They've got... Like, they still have to... Lighting... Uh, not lighting, sorry. Like, electricity, their rent, their employees, their office employees, the people that run their website. Like, they've got people to pay, and they've got no money coming in, and they've been losing money. So, look, I'd like to think this is just going to pay the guys, but 93000 <laughs> If you think... Um, some of these wrestlers like to get up in arms of what some of these guys make um, working like in lower cards on AEW or WWE like they're complaining that oh they're only getting 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 a year these guys in Japan would kill for that you know 
Like huh. they're good to be. Some of them, I think, and most are talent. They live off of hand to hand selling of the tickets. Yeah, Drew Park even said on Twitter like a week, a uh, month or so ago, he's like, I no wrestling, no food, or no money, no wrestling. Like, he's, he's stuck over there, and he's, he's and, he, and, and he renewed boom period where Gaijin's being taken care of, and like, he's probably getting like just getting by. He's probably sleeping in the dojo or sleeping at one of the boys' houses, like. Uh, yeah, actually, that's what it is. And they don't pay. <laughs> I think he's. I believe he's living in the dojo actually, so it's not surprising. But he did. He had. To, he renewed for one more year. But I think it was by default because because if Japan is bad, Europe is Europe is is messed up even worse. Oh. Oh yeah, there's there's not a lot of places that you can have a career at. Like even five years ago, the Indies and Britain and stuff are on fire, but it all changes. And look, if we see companies close down, if the world comes back to normal, we get a vaccine. Best case scenario. These promotions are going to live on no matter what. Um, they will. There will there'll always be a new startup. Just say BJW has to close. There'll be another company in five years or two years or six months. They'll feature 80% of the wrestlers and they might be called Big Japan or they might be called something else. But uh, if the world gets. If we get a vaccine, I don't. I don't know. I think a lot of promotions are probably going to shut down, but I'm positive I, I, that once the world gets back to normal and the economy starts picking up, that people start attending wrestling shows. Like, nobody's mm-hmm. going to be wanting to go to a wrestling show anyway. Like, who, I, I'm not going to be wanting to go <sighs> wrestle around 20 people. <sighs> and, you know? First of all, Social, yeah. For example, I think with uh, again, it just Japan was running these shows when it wasn't a good idea. Oh no, they were the last promotion to stop. I, they what? were keeping on running shows when even our freedoms stopped running shows. Right. So actually. They got them. They were selling tickets to the Corican show at two AW when the governor, the the prime minister, said, "Hey guys, Tokyo is on lockdown, like, so you need to stop. So, so you might, so you might, so you have to turn around and refund those tickets. Oh. <laughs> like I think this, they sold like five hundred tickets before the announcement. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah. So another thing. Show, hmm? Oh, you go. No, oh, I think if it was not just Japan, I think freedom. Yeah, this. I wouldn't be surprised if we see more companies go bye bye by default. Let's it, talk about one of the uh, how they uh, uh, why they 
these promotions aren't going to survive another way they used to survive, and some promotions still may do this. Let's get the Yakuza involved. I'm sure you guys have heard about this. Oh, they, boy. They, they give the tickets to the Yakuza, right? And the yes. Yakuza goes business to business, forcing people to buy tickets. So, no, yeah, they, they force them all right. <laughs> they force them all right. You, 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 <laughs> you buy is, the I think that is... And, like, they may sell a thousand tickets and have 50 people at the show. It's like... Back in the day, you wouldn't know. Um, right. Remember those Corkin numbers? 3,500 people at Corkin when the real number is like 1,800 yeah. <laughs> capacity? Yeah. I, was I like, don't think one Japanese company has ever told the right truth on a gate. Um, except when you can count how many people are in the audience. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like this, like for example, like you could definitely tell when there was cooking up the numbers was being had because if you think about it, most of these guys they had to become friendly with the Lakuza out of necessity, not because they want to. They they have no choice (laughs) because. And plus, if the Lakuza have to be at the show, this means we have to work extra harder, and I have to, and you have to hit you in the rougher spots more thoroughly now because they're here. Yeah. Tenru's favorite, right? Hmm. That was Tenru's favorite when the Yakuza were, yeah. were in the. Yes. Um, in war. If you go yes. back and look at war, and you look at the guys in the front row with suits and mm. sunglasses, yeah. any period yeah. do you think they're fucking wearing sunglasses because the sun's coming in? <laughs> no. no. Um, <laughs> fucking, it's so blatantly obvious. And you see Tenru working in front of these guys and legit beating the crap That's out of where shit. the opponent is. Um... Yeah, make it real. Uh, There's a story around around this time um, with Sabu. Uh, He was wrestling Tiger Jeet Singh in FMW, maybe like 92, 93, 94 even. I don't really know. Um, And like Anita had uh, Yakuza ties, just like every promotion basically ever has. And, like, they were front row, always have been for FMW shows, and, like, Onita always told the boys, when you go through the crowd, do not go near that section. Do not go near the Yakuza. Like, and Sabu was like, yeah, like, it's obvious. Like, they're in suits, you know who to avoid. Well, Tiger Jeet Singh, he, he's had Yakuza ties, um... You can do a lot of research on him. I won't go into him. I don't really uh, in, like him that much. But he was a very rich guy involved with the Yakuza. So he didn't give a shit. He walked through the Yakuza, punching him. And then one guy punched Tiger, and then Sabu punched the Yakuza. Oh. So after after the match, um, as the Yakuza are waiting backstage for Sabu. And the story goes that there's ten... Uh, Mike Awesome, who, mm-hmm. who uh, says there was 10. Sabu says there was 10. 
Um, so I'm going to say 10. There's 10 Yakuza waiting for him, and they just start beating him, and Awesome was just uh, standing there, and he thought it was an angle or something. Um, but then he realized there was no cameras and saw guys pulling knives out. So Mike Awesome being six foot eight, yeah. jacked to the gills, like just manhandled these small men and ran, put Sabu on his shoulders and locked them in the Gaijin locker room. And they stayed there for about three hours until Onida cooled it off with the Yakuza. But, yeah, there was a lot of uh, heat for a while of guys being scared of... Uh, uh, Sabu was... Sabu never said he was scared, but Awesome said he was... He was like, oh, shit, this is a bit different to Florida. Yeah. That type of shit just doesn't happen in the Florida independence, I don't imagine. But Oh, hey, they have their own, uh, you know, a series of, of horrific things, but uh, just a little different. <laughs> Yes. Um, but no, there's been a lot of stories. As Jamal can attest to. <laughs> yes, Jamal. What happened? The Floridian. We're just talking about Florida. Oh, uh, stop. Listen. I am. Listen. Florida has deserved its fuckery, okay? Take it from Floridian. We have deserved outstanding in all its foolishness. Cannot believe that. Fans going to be allowed in to watch wrestling shows. Oh, yeah. By, by the way, our cases are still rising by the day. I'm but sure, I'm sure I, the, the, the 15 people that watch Full Impact Pro are just, like, ecstatic. Excited, <laughs> yes. With dressed up, dressed up as palm trees. What's, uh, that, what's, that, what's that dickhead that runs that training, um, training center? Chase and Rance. Yeah. Yeah, Chasing Rats. Yeah. Oh, what? He, he'll be promoting shows in, what, 10 days or so? Gippy. Bloody hell. Yay. Yes. Perfect. I get, I, get, I, get to, I get to... Oh, boy. We do... It just goes to show you that we have wrestling. He has certainly allowed the pervs to flourish. With no issues whatsoever. Oh, you are not kidding. <laughs> like, like, it's out there too. It's not fake. It's not some fake news narrative. It's oh, out there. It, it's very, very much a thing. I, I mean, there, there. I mean, this guy like is involved with the, possibly involved with a missing girl. Um, so, <laughs> not, not even possibly is. Um, it feels like it, right? So, I mean, it's just, oh God, and, I don't even know. And then to and then to make it even more comical, and all this. Um, let's see, we got we talk about the Japan stuff, right? That's we need to talk about Shoichi Arai killing himself. Um, who? Shoichi Arai. Oh God, I think. I think that, oh god, that is your sad, if you ever read his autobiography, it is a sad, it is very sad. Oh god. Because... Onida's a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, we all I... love Onida, but Onida, uh, Onida He's real scum. a lot of people. Ah, uh, oh, yeah. 
He's a wrestling promoter. Um, but, yeah, is one of the dirty, dirty scums. Um, he took a lot of money out of guys' pockets just because he thought his ego... Like, his ego is ridiculous. Um, Dogs. Oneida... Like he, he, um, when, he, when he retired originally in 95, he wanted to close FMW because he said yes. it shouldn't carry on without me. Oh, oh, he, is he it? Said, oh yeah. Like, after training all these guys, he's like, no, they can all lose their job. Like, that's yeah, fine. FMW no problem. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, then, that's, what, that's, what, that's what he wanted to do. Oh, because yeah. Onita is uh, like one of the biggest he... narcissists in like wrestling history. It's like it's almost like con- to comical levels of narcissism. This, is, this guy, he this this is how whack it is how self absorbed he is, right? So he booked the Tenra match in ninety four with a retirement situation to, in which yeah. Onita just he must retire from wrestling, and f- but he decided, oh, I'm going to make it on one-year retirement tour. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, and the- they do record business for a year because everyone wants to say goodbye to Anita. Yes. Then to make and then what happened? Six months later. Then, he's, then to make it even more comical, Tarzan Gordo... He ended up leaving FMW over it yeah. because he, he, <laughs> was, he was sick of being fucking Onita's second the, banana. <laughs> and he wanted to be Onita's final opponent yeah. since, since okay, since it's not going to be Mr. Pogo, why not be me? And when Onita told him, nah, it ain't going to be you, he's like, okay. I'm out. I, I wrote I wrote and died with you for fucking, like, how many years now? Like, okay, that's cool. I'm out. No problem, I'm out. <laughs> so that's why, that's that's when Hyo Booksert got in. <laughs> Tarzan Goto is no saint either. Um, no, Everybody not. came back to FMW except for Tarzan Goto, and there was a huge reason for that. He beat up all the trainees, all the wrestlers. He was not a very nice guy. So he left because, like, Onita and stuff, but when he tried to come back and when everybody came back, that everybody exiled from FMW at one point or another, except... Even even Masunaga, because Masunaga, he came to FMW from Wing, because they did an evasion angle, and he stuck in FMW for a couple of years before he left to go to Japan. Yes. Um, so, I, I think, again, it just, on the FMW promotion, I know people love the promotion, and go, we watching it now, but, but if you really think about it, that product is just not good to rewatch nowadays. See, I think it, it when you compare it to modern day stuff, it's nowhere near the level that a Takeda, Miyamoto, or Sami Kasai can no, it's do. Not. Um, like no, deathmatch wrestling has improved twenty times. Like it is still a spectacle. Like it's not a great twenty minute match. Like you go back and watch FMW exploding matches. It's not like groundbreaking but it for the time i think it's cool to look at per se and there are some it's more it's more athletic Um, 
Like on Nita, the good FMW era was like after Anita left and Hayabusa mm-hmm. t- took over, and it was Hayabusa and Ganasuke, Jinsei Shinzaki, Kanmo, yeah, Masato Tanaka, Gladiator, like all the work rate guys. But in the end, Onida basically killed the promotion. He got too greedy. He got egotistical. And it, poor Shochiro Rai, who was the owner, who brought it off Onida, who was, he started off as just an office employee, and so he felt, like, debt towards Onita. Um, so he, he never spoke up. Yeah, he was Onita's bitch. And even yes. though Onida was, wasn't the owner anymore, whatever Onida said to Arai went. And it basically yeah. goes his biography. Arai blames Onida for everything. Yeah. And it's a pretty sad story in the end. FMW had to close because there were millions and millions of dollars in debt to the Yakuza. And mm. he didn't know how to pay it off. And there was no money to pay it off. He... He wrote his autobiography thinking that would be enough, and it wasn't. So he sadly killed himself. So the life insurance policy would pay off the Yakuza because even if he just killed himself, they would have went after his wife and his, say, and, yeah, and his right. kids. And actually, to make it, he thought the life insurance policy was going to cover everything. The kid, uh, the... Not just not his wife and kid. But that didn't happen. I think they came after it too. Since, yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's just that. Yeah, it's just that again. Onita, damn he. I I I I equate Onita to Dusty Rhodes. In this, and with Jim Crockett stuff, and was Dusty had to be the man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Had to be the man. Wow, it's very clear. Yes, he put butts in seats. He he wasn't a great work rate wrestler. He was great at promos, but he had to be carried by superior workers like Ric Flair, Tony Branchard, Ric Flair, um, Arne Anderson, those type of guys. Onita, if he didn't, I think Onita's ego weren't all... He... He viewed Masad Snaka higher than he thought than he thought of Hayabusa. He hated he, Hayabusa because Tanaka was his ring boy. Masad Tanaka followed Onita everywhere. Hayabusa, he wanted to be FMW for life, no matter what. Yeah, he was I like. And I don't think people understand. Oh, he was gonna. Oh, what's what would happen? Oh, New Japan. Oh, he he was going to go to Japan and on Japan. No, 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 no. Halabusa wanted to be FMW for life. No matter. His what. dream was WWF. He what he grew up watching WWF, and when he was in the states, um, in Florida, training with Mike Awesome, um. WWF offered him a contract because they wanted a Japanese wrestler. And he said he wanted to, but he was FMW for life. And if he said no to WWF, he was going to say no to everyone. And exactly. quick fact, the Japanese wrestler they got ended up being Hakushi. So yes. Hakushi was originally wanted... Um, that position was originally wanted to be taken by Ibusa. So uh. that could 
Can you imagine a Hayabusa Undertaker match? That would have been something. <laughs> well, I think... I think. Could, could you imagine Brett versus him? <laughs> that would have well, listen. I think, and then also make this more... They signed Suzaki when he did the Japan tour in 94, in which I think they had him work Taker on there, and they were strongly impressed with him, and he got signed. He lasted yeah. two years, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. it, it was still a run that lasted, though. Like I feel like he's more remembered than a Taka Mishinoku. Well... I think well, Tucker Michinoku's the big angle everyone remembers Tucker in WWF. Yeah, kind of. I think had better matches. Yeah, everyone yeah. remembers the Brett, Brett match in particular. And and Hakoshi and Hakoshi is a heavyweight too, so he looked he fit in very well. Yeah. He so he who wasn't a. A, you know, a, a great Sasuke Taka. He was actually a heavyweight. So he was able to fit in better there than what people give him credit for. Um, and I think also, speaking of great Sasuke, Junoga Poe, they're also uninsured right now due to the corona. To the point, they haven't, I, they had their talent had to go on social media and, expo- and tell the fans that you have, we need you to buy our merchandise on our website directly. Yeah, and Mishinoki Pros had a very—it's uh, not what it used to be in the. It, it's nowhere near. It's a small little Awate. It's in Awate, <laughs> Japan, for most of the time. They do the Kurokin every December. They do a Shinkiba um, once yeah. or twice a year. But yeah, Shoot. it's nothing like it was, but. I mean, Sasuke's been doing that forever, and I've always liked Sasuke. I recently saw the documentary on him, and he... oh my god, it did not! It he did not look. He did not come off. Pot. It was a fair, imbalanced picture of him. It, he did not come off so well at, at times. No, he came off very greedy and selfish. And self and self absorbed. Like even Shazaki was 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 harsh. He's like, listen, the guy has his ideas, but he is very sloppy with executing said ideas. Yeah, he he has that Onita brain. He has <laughs> that Onita brain where it's like, I want to do this. He does this. And then he gets sick of it. Then he wants to do something else, and that dies. Then, right. like, he's driven by what's in the moment, but he doesn't think about what's in the future. And that's what—that was all Onita's thing. He wanted to never wrestle again once he retired. He wanted to be a movie star. He thought he was bigger than everybody. Dude, you wanted to be freaking. And, run, you wanted to be a politician. Yeah, he, and now he had to die. He was on the Senate. But, uh, Him, and, and then to be even more comical. Onino actually got plastic surgery done on his face. Jesus Christ. That's to make it look younger. That's why Onita stopped doing... Ju- he stopped juicing his yeah. face for that. Because he wanted to get those movie roles. Oh my 
That's why if you if you see if if he was to get color, it would not be on his face. It would be on his arms. Yeah. Boy, oh my god, what a narcissist! Yes. Holy Christ! Oh. Yes. All right, and, and, I reckon moving on from uh, FMW. Yeah. Uh, yes, go for it, please. How it about was... when Kensuke Sasaki almost... Oh, oh well, boy. he did oh. kill somebody. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, this is sort of your era. Um, oh, dear God, so help me. The old, old man of the podcast. Please, uh, please run us through... Gompei, New Japan, Kensuke, Hase. Oh, God. I think this happened in 95. Right. Yes. Yeah. 95. And this was... And this... this it was an accident. He went way too hard on him, obviously. So, yeah. the, so I think as a result, he... That person died under his watch, and to make it even more sad, Hiroshi Hase personally promised the parents that he's going to be in great hands. I promise nothing is going to happen to him. Yep. And, and uh, yeah. How did and that work to, out? And, and to the point, Hase, he left over he left New Japan over it for a little he, while. Then he went. Then he went to all Japan. That's why he started popping when he got the when he got office. Instead of working for New Japan shows, he went to all Japan and worked with with Masawa, Akiyama, Kobashi, and Kawanda. Yeah. But and, and it didn't take him too long to go end up tagging with his old buddy Sasaki again. <laughs> oh, then it didn't. Listen, that's and now and and actually, Hase was actually to make it even more weird, more awkward looking. Kansuke was involved in his retirement match. Right. <laughs> like they were doing. Their tag moves, even though it, it was quite, it was like, so I guess it was business as usual. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then people also seem to forget about the fellow that also died in the World Japan Dojo that Kensuke Suzuki was running. Oh, that's. Uh oh. Uh. Kenzo Suzuki. Um, I don't have the story in front of me, um, but I believe in 2003 uh, they were training a guy at the World Japan Dojo, and Kenzo Suzuki was training him, and he gave him a barrage of suplexes and whatnot. And that's great. That's always that's 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 always a positive sign. <laughs> yes. Yes, and I believe the man died as a result. Um, I'm just researching at the moment because I don't want to put out something completely incorrect. Um, I just do remember reading something about this a couple weeks ago. Um, yes, in two thousand and three. 
Kenzo Suzuki resigned from New Japan, choosing to follow his mentor, trainer, Ricky Choshu, to Choshu's World Japan promotion. Kensuke Suzuki was also involved with this promotion. I'm just letting you know. And later in the year, he left to wrestle in the United States. It is Ricky. Spec- he... It was spec- okay. I remember this. Okay, that he was forced to resign because a wrestler he was helping to train, Giant Ochai, died while training on his watch. As a result, this led to Suzuki leaving for the United States. Let's talk about that. <laughs> oh, well, um, moly. Well, I think okay. This is how I remember this. Okay, he had for Kenzo's first. He first broke in in the Japan Dojo, whatever. And actually, they had a, in a tag team with Hiroshi Tanahashi as the Spring Glows. Um, Kenzo was obviously taller than. Tanahashi, and he was getting a big. T- he was. They were starting to give him a push when he ended up leaving. And that's a WWE. <laughs> oh, oh boy! Oh my God! I remember Kenzo working MLW shots. Actually, he did two of them. And because I remember one of his matches, he worked Norman Smiley. And yeah, he he did the indies with in the United States before he got signed to WWE. He worked TNA and MLW. Yes. Um, and then then he quit World Japan after that tour because um, citing a lack of competition. Well, I don't think it was oh, a lack wait. of competition. I think he just killed somebody and got out of the country for a while till the heat died down, but. That's just me. Um, and here's the thing. And to make things even more interesting, Kenzo's wife is an actual partition now. Yeah. She got. Is like, she the wife? Is she? Was she the one that used to compete with him in Hustle? And wasn't she was in a va- the one she was. On TV for WWE as well. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yep. Same person. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. I think, and then to make it even, after he got let go of WWE, he tr- he did, I he did the Indies in Japan too while he worked Mexico. Yeah. Triple A. And CML. Yeah. He and then he came back home. In two thousand and nine, to work all Japan, because him. Two thousand ten. He came back. Oh, under a oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. They put he and Muto did a job for him, which is quite hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. also during this time period, Taru done something, Jamal. Oh dear God, help me! Why? Wait, 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 I think. The, oh boy, should we should we give the background to this? <laughs> because oh. shoot. Okay, Taro and Harai. They were in the same stable. And the Voodoo Murderers, obviously, you look at Taro. His background. I want you to guess who trained. Taru. 
Why should you guess? Koji Katao. Thank you. And you know Katao from where? <laughs> he was the one that sort of quit New Japan, well, got fired from New Japan because he was a racist, apparently. And Choshu. Yes, racist to Choshu, and then he's the one, Lawrence, that um, had that famous match with John Tenter and got pissed during the match and grabbed the microphone and screamed, pro wrestling is fake. Oh, man. Yes. At an SWS show in 91, and then he continued to wrestle for like six plus years. And he trained... For war, no less. Yes. He trained Moshi and Taru. So... Yes. Moshinzuki, I'm talking about. Um, and in and, and, and Taru, if you take one look at him, he has to. <laughs> does does that screen for you? Like was our affi- affiliated? <laughs> no. Okay. It's fairly out in the open now with him. I feel. I feel <laughs> that little. Zero one group of like Taru, Ka, the Kibatu brothers, Kohei Sato, Takuya Sugawara. I think they're all uh, they're not open with it, but I mean, I think okay. And this is how the issue happened. This all stemmed over tickets mess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this. Not- and, and and Taru, I guess, wanted to... And Taru wanted his, um... At the, and he wanted to give their money, whatever. The money mask, whatever. And and how come the, the um... And I know people... You say, oh, how come he, Taru, never faced charges? Well... It is all related to the cruiser. Her rights form, they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, this was a cover-up. Because I was in the hospital, was I, he almost died. And the issue, and the beatdown, it happened... At Kirkin. Backstage at Kirkin, wasn't it? No, actually, it happened... Nine, hold on. And hold on, hold on. Yeah. Well, have backstage all Japan show and yes, and Kobe and Kobe and Masayuki Kono and Minoru Tanaka, who were part of Taru's stable at the time, were with Taru. They didn't beat him up, but they didn't stop it. Right. They they allowed it to continue. So, yeah, Harai's beaten to a pulp, <laughs> and like. Arai's been wrestling since 91. It's not like he's a new boy that Tara is just um, taken a part of. He was already established. Um, Taru was trained through war. Um, Harai was already with war. He was trained in the SWS dojo in 91 by Tenru. Um, so technically, he has a superiority. Oh, Tara, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's on. how normal wrestling would work, um, but Taru isn't a normal... Does, does Taru look like he puts up the ring before the show that's... and takes it down? Oh, my God. 
You reckon he goes around giving limp handshakes and buying the boys hot dogs and having cold beers in the parking lot? Mm. Like, fuck, that's not happening. Um, he is involved with some shady people. And, uh, yeah, the, the incident, it, it ruined a lot of all Japan's... I wouldn't booking say for the year. It ruined their booking for the year. It's the point where Voldemort's, they were actually... I think they were actually they were getting pushed. I think I think Mino was the junior heavyweight champion at that time. Kono doing his thing. I think With the tag team. I think there were tag champs as well at that time period as well. Belt, but all those belts got vacated. Mm-hmm. And and to the point, the, they disbanded the group. Yeah, they did a whole everybody left had to leave. Yep. <laughs> to the point that they all got spent for a couple of months. Yeah, Mudo actually resigned from his position. Uh, oh, I think yeah, that's yeah. He yeah, that's yeah. I think one of these day. I think we should do an episode on that's an episode in itself. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Taru and he didn't wrestle for like two years after that. And he and guess where Taru next up after all this? Yeah. Diamond ring. <laughs> Surprise! Welcome <laughs> <laughs> uh, back, Sasaki Kensuke. Um, and, and the little underworld and, they've got going on there. Oh boy! And oh boy! To the point, Taro got he. Yeah, it's just he got booked. Yeah, Taro. I think. I think obviously what ended up happening was. Him and Horai's family, obviously, there was a hush-hush involved. In uh, which... It has to be. Because the police never got... Horai, from the police, felt like he, they can't do nothing because this was a private matter involved tickets. That's what it boils down to. And Taru was probably not too thrilled that Horai showed at him on... The ticket stuff. Um, and so I, th- so I, I think Tyro, I think, t- is, t- can we say Tyro is scummy? Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's still being booked consistently to this day to the point zero one is now his main home for the past couple of years. Yeah. And, <laughs> it probably will remain. He got a huge pop when he came out to Dragon Gate earlier this year. Like, oh he, yes, he, he did. Was, he was everywhere, and then this incident happened, and uh, yeah. But I think he'll be. I think also. I yeah. It's just goes. It's like these. I think this ticket selling stuff is not that different. Because, it would be like, like we said earlier, like most of these wrestlers, they also have rely on hand-to-hand interaction, buying the tickets to come to the show. That's how most of them actually get paid, is for the ticket sales and stuff. So it's not that surprising, you know. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, the purpose of the scene is not that clean. 
No, no, it isn't, guys. Um, it, it's yeah. a it's a pretty it's a pretty messed up world uh, underneath it. All the all the uh, glorious stuff that you see, and you know, th- there's there's a lot more of it. But we're gonna you know, we're gonna uh, cut it off for now. Yes. Um, on this episode, yes. um, we're we'll gonna we're gonna probably do- delve into some more topics that we didn't touch on today. Oh. There's plenty and, more, and, and even oh some my that God. we did, so even some that we did touch on, but we didn't go in, into as in depth and on some of them. But um, we're gonna we're gonna continue to do some some more shows like this uh, for the the next few episodes, I think. Um, and and just keep talking <laughs> more about some of this this crazy stuff that that's happened Shoot. over the years. So, think about like this: all these promotions that are running the zero fan shows. We can actually do an episode on each company since oh, yeah. the Zero Fan shows are part of it now, aren't we? Since, since I think, since I think um, like, zero, like Zero One, they did a tower change. Did yeah. Chris Vice? Chris Vice, yeah. Oh my god, I was... And think about it like this. Zero One is still trying... Is 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 trying to recreate what they did with James Rich, Riff, Dylan James, aka oh, yeah. writing. Right. Yeah, they're with, trying to make voodoo murders a big, big thing, you know. Again. Oh boy. Good God, help me. Uh, um. Yeah. Speaking of Taru. <laughs> oh boy. So guys, so uh, plugs. Let yeah. you guys plug in. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Find me at lob underscore three on Twitter. Um, yeah, I've been uh, doing you know the uh, AEW podcast with uh, at, um, Jeff uh, hashtag or eight, uh, at Strong Style Story on, on Twitter and uh, at Chris Damaseno. Uh, I mean at I'm sorry uh, Brazilian Fury, who's Chris Damaseno. Uh, we do that usually every Wednesday. Um, and then uh, I've also been doing with those two a uh, uh, little little bit of a uh, New Japan history uh, uh, podcast. Watching some of the matches on their, their they've been uploading on their front page of the NJPW World and stuff. The older stuff they've been uploading. So we've been uh, doing little reviews of those. So check it out if you want. Me, um, just look for part two, part three, part four of this because I love talking this sort of stuff. <laughs> Next episode, I want to go over Monkey Gate and I want to go over 2009 oh, yeah. IWA Japan, All Japan Yakuza Mess, which is fantastic. So stay tuned, follow me on Twitter at Isaac Wrestles, and yeah, keep doing your thing, stay safe, stay at home, and Kiss your children, hug your dogs. Bless up. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> me, guys, you can find me at Twitter at RealHero12089, where I am uploading the classics. Yeah, seriously, a lot of stuff. So check it out. Check it out. It'll give you a little more uh, uh, background on some of this stuff we're talking about, too. So. Yeah, there's a lot of real heroes uploading it. Jamal's uploading everything. And who's somebody's created a Google Drive that has all the links that you've posted. Um, somebody's done that, and it's fantastic. So Excuse me? Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, somebody's, somebody's created like a doc 
like some, a Google Drive some, or like a document of like all the links that you've posted, so it's all on one page. Smiley, yeah, Smiley's a man for doing that. So I need, I need, I need to, I need to, I need to see, my, I need to see this link of this because this, this is too hilarious. <laughs> yeah, spreadsheet maybe. So anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We shall talk to you in the near future. Ciao. Ow. Thank you all. And you guys.